you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. The Around the NFL Podcast. Doesn't have a Game of Thrones fantasy team. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Greg Rosenthal, and I'm joined by a room filled with some heroes, Mark Sessler and the man with all the muscles, Nick Shook. Hey, Greg. All right. Little little weird all show the here. Muscles. Little weird show here. I don't, I mean, he, I don't he think has, I've... He has large muscles, Greg, but every human being has muscles you inside muscles. their body. You you even you have, have muscles. Them. I don't have muscles, and for all the listeners who are covering their ears, hearing my nasally voice uh, to start the show, we're without Dan Hansis. He's off visiting uh, his in-laws in Texas, and it's been a long time since I've had to host. I went through a, a laundry list of people to see if we could get them in here. Matt Money-Smith, he'd be a great host. Nope. Damashek. Uh, not available today. Colleen Wolf uh, is off on one of her uh, new television programs preparing for that. So so this is it. People are enjoying their Fridays. <laughs> what a novel idea. <laughs> We're going to enjoy it too because uh, this isn't just any show you're here for, Nick Shook. Did you know that? Yeah. We've got other people joining us, and that's because it's the fifth annual, I believe, Fantasy Extravaganza. Every time I hear that, I feel like I should be in a town square and someone's coming out with a big scroll to read a message from the king. Well, that that's appropriate because we've got the king of NFL fantasy in the podcast studio. Maybe for the first time. May, I think Michael Fabiano has been here before, but maybe just once. And it was years ago, and he's coming back. We're also going to have Alex Gelhar from our fantasy live show. And uh, most importantly, we have you, Mark Sessler. You were just giddy with anticipation coming into this program. Well, I think it's great to have the fantasy guests on. I don't remember Fabiano being on the show, but I guess... I think it was like a long time ago. I could be wrong. I guess that occurred. I mean, he's, uh, you know, he's he'll be on today, and he is the unquestioned king of the fantasy realm inside our building. We also are going to... We're going to play a fun game with them that we haven't played uh, in a little bit of time, and it was inspired by our friend Chris Wesseling. Ooh. Uh, who I was visiting with earlier this week, and he's on the road to recovery. His voice is, is a little shot. So although he is feeling better and he's he's starting to look forward to coming back to work even more, he's been watching the preseason now and taking notes, his voice is, is pretty shot right now. That's still recovering, so he can't really join us even to say hello on the phone. But he did want to you know, tell all the listeners that he appreciates all the love. He's here in spirit. Well, I mean, I think we'll have him back at some point this season. Absolutely. Well, so we, we have a lot to get to. We're going to do fantasy. We're going to do a little bit of news uh, with the preseason having finally ended Thursday night. And uh, since I have nothing else to really talk about, why don't we uh, get it going? What's going on, Erica, behind the glass? How's it going, guys? Let's do a little little bit of news. A.B., yeah, I see y'all, cuz. Big dog. I got pups bigger than air, bud. Are you aware, bud? While I'm not at practice, I'm going to need 17 because 26 is savage. So that was 
Le'Veon Bell. What, what did you think? You compared him to another famous rapper uh, before the show, Mark says. Well, not in this actual offering he had, which was really just more spoken word, but in a previous one that he had pinned on his uh, on his feed, it was lyrical and it had music and it had, I thought, it had echoes of Little Debbie. It really did. The way that sometimes she gets on a little ref, a little riff of hers, little with the way she references people. I, I heard a little bit of that in, in Lev Bell's previous one, not this one. Uh, I think... There's there's too much emphasis placed on the freestyle. Was it a freestyle? Was it No, it's definitely not a freestyle. Did he sit down and write it out? Of course he message? did. It was so canned. He even has in a part we didn't listen to kind of a friend come in at the end and that was clearly staged. It was all very staged. I think having a hype man in your own video at what appears to be your home when you're not at practice weeks before the regular season starts uh, not exactly the best look, but well, I don't know if you guys know this, but I do. I enjoy hip hop. Uh, sometimes you guys come to me. Yeah, you've made that clear. So I, I wanted to translate part of that if you didn't totally get what he was saying. Um, he says he's got pups bigger than Airbud. Actually, I'm not really sure what that means. Airbud, one of the great. This translation well, off to a very solid well, start. He said, uh, "You're the big dog." Okay. I have Right. Ups bigger than Airbud. Airbud, yeah. Air one of the great uh, American cinematic achievements, I would say, of the 21st century. Which sport Airbud excelled in did you like the most? Uh, well, we talked to, on my on another podcast I used to do called uh, The Rosenthal and Justin McVanity Project, RGVP. Uh, we, we talked about the football one was really great because it every time basically he uh, – you know, was on the field, it would seem like he would suffer a catastrophic injury, like if he was on a special teams play. So that that always piqued my interest. But the classic basketball, like licking yeah. the yogurt, like to come out of the or the pudding, whatever it was, like that was so great. The Air- basketball, though, wouldn't he suffer a concussion almost every time he tried to shoot an alley open? It was his it nose. Seemed very dangerous. Dog concussions, underrated. All right, so the translation not going well. He says, "I'm gonna need." 17 because 26 is savage. He, he wants 17 million a year. He's uh, he's number 26. How about that? I mean, well, that was that was very solid translation. It's, it rings to me a, a tad tone deaf for athletes to be rapping about needing 17 million dollars when like half our country is in like utter turmoil. But you know, whatever whatever floats his little boat, he needs. Well, so Le'Veon Bell at September 1st, as we tape this, he returned to the Pittsburgh Steelers, as expected on Friday, getting ready for week one. But we will start our news with another AFC team, the Houston Texans, who are back in Houston. Uh, They met with some hurricane survivors that are staying at Energy Stadium. Uh, A lot of good stories coming out of that. But they also did a lot of business this week. On Thursday, signing DeAndre Hopkins and tight end C.J. Fedorowicz to big contract extensions, including a monster deal for DeAndre Hopkins. Nick Shook, is he worth it? Would you pay a receiver five years, $81 million? What's What's the math on that? What was it? Uh, I think 17 or something like that a year. Uh, it is. Yeah, really? Dead, that a little less. Something like that. Especially for a guy who's been a little up and down in his career. Obviously, the the quarterbacks he's played with hasn't helped. Well, I think that's that's the thing that we kind of lose with him. I mean, we know how good of a receiver he is, but because of the people who have been throwing to him, I feel like he's gotten kind of lost in the wash a little bit. So maybe this contract would be surprising to some folks, but if you isolate who he is on the field and what he can do for your football team, if you have a competent quarterback throwing to him, we don't know if that'll be Tom Savage or... If he'll be competent or not this year, uh, then it's totally worth it. I think what you're seeing is a move that says we're aligning our number one weapon with Deshaun Watson's contract. That we, we We're going to get our, our people in place. And yes, it's Tom Savage's team right now, but that's obviously not the long-term plan. And when they find a running back of worth, they'll do the same thing. And you want to keep – you want to – the good teams want to keep their core together. The Texans don't really have a core on offense at this point. This is the beginning of that. There are some – folks who who thought Hopkins' struggles last year were a lot on Hopkins, the the guys who really break down the film, that he's not a guy who gets a lot of separation, so he's going to rely on his quarterbacks to kind of throw it up for him, and he's going to make that catch even though he doesn't create a lot of separation. He's getting $49 million guaranteed. If that is all real deal guaranteed, that is way more than any receiver has ever gotten guaranteed. I want to see all the details. We say this every time. I suspect 
in this deal. It's kind of a three-year deal, maybe three years, $50 million, which is still a ton of money, maybe a little less than that. And, and after that, we'll see if he's still at the top of his game. But that is that is major deal. And I think it, one thing I thought was smart that I saw about this, ESPN's Bill Barnwell pointed out, the way to get the most amount of money is wait until you get into that contract year. So even though it's a little oh, yeah. riskier, the fact that he was so close to free agency, he got paid top dollar. Don't right. we think also that this deal won't seem as titanic two years from now? Right. I mean, all this thing, it's just the cap continues to grow. I, I, I don't see it as a prohibitive deal. And I think that knock on him, if he finds a quarterback that establishes he, he establishes a rapport with, like a Watson or something, I think eventually that concern goes away because at one point that quarterback then trusts that receiver well. You know what? He might not be open, but I'm going to throw it up and expect him to go get the ball. Well, the one criticism, criticism of Watson coming out, and I would say it's played out in the preseason so far, is a li- not, a, not that accurate deep down the field. Uh, so we'll see if that all works out. But they signed Hopkins. They signed Fedorowicz to a deal – that was more surprising to me because he really hasn't taken a big leap as a tight end. They made some other contracts, but let's move on to their division rival in Indianapolis where Jim Irsay keeps talking about Andrew Luck. And every time he opens his mouth, it sounds less likely that Andrew Luck is going to play week one. He he put major doubt on that. We know that it's unlikely Andrew Luck could play week one because he hasn't practiced, but he also made some comments that were – that were curious to me, and I'm going to read a quote from Jim Mercy. When asked about Andrew Luck, he said, it's been said before by one of the greatest athletes and competitors who've played this played any sport, and the quote was this, these games, all games, are played on a four-inch field between your ears. That's where it's at, referring to Luck's injury. You have to be able to deal with this, not only physically, but mentally. I have no idea, no doubt, that Andrew Luck, the person that is, He's going to come out of this thing, not just how he was, but a better QB. When is the question? That timetable is more on the football gods and Andrew's gut feeling on how he's feeling. What? What? How, how did that you, is murky? How did you interpret that? That's a very strange statement. Am well, I right? A week ago, someone talked about the six inches between the ears. That was the size of the human brain for an NFL player at that point. Now it's been reduced to four inches between someone's ears. But that—that's concerning. I would say it's just. That You're Ursa, saying Luck might have two less inches than most. I'm not saying that. The owner who employs him is okay. saying that. That's where I, my concern comes from. I, it's, it seems to me like Ursay obviously knows the full breadth of what information is out there about Luck. None of us do. And these are not decisive comments. They're very murky. And so there's no clear timetable attached to what he said at all. And I think you have to almost wonder at this point, at what point, if we don't have Andrew Luck week one and it goes on and on, is this just a absolute lost season for the Colts? Uh, yes. And also, because <laughs> without them, without him, they do not look good. And I know it's the preseason, but still. Uh, I think it's a veiled shot at, Andrew Luck's mental toughness, or maybe that he can't get over, you know, getting past that. And and you and I kind of discussed this before, Greg. When it comes to maybe a lower body injury, that's more understandable because you have to run, you have to trust your legs. Whereas with a, a shoulder, I know he's a quarterback and everything. It's kind of a different. I want to. I thought people might see it that way. I'm going to be more generous to Ursay and just see it as like maybe Andrew Luck is not ready to really let his shoulder rip. He is not. I'm just guessing because. Ursay's talking and he's making us guess with these vague comments that they believe maybe he can return to practice or there is some sort of medical clearance, but he's not feeling comfortable. And that's pretty that's pretty typical in injury recoveries that guys, okay, they're saying he's cleared, but when he's throwing it, maybe he's not feeling like he's really ready to go out there and start playing. I think also when you are in, you know, it's May, it's early June. And week one is the timetable. And we're, you know, we're saying we but we have confidence he can come back by then. Well, there's literally no way to know, and you get closer and right. closer in week one, and, and it's an injury with a lot of variables attached. Week one becomes completely unrealistic as you get into early August and closing in on September. Shoulder injuries are also kind of a fickle thing because you, one, I mean, it's based on how the joint is. It's a rotational thing. I mean, I'm no medical. Oh, medical look at expert. this! Just because you have a great body, you think no, that no, no. You just I'm know tell us how the human body it. operates, please, Doctor no. Chuck. <laughs> Oh, God, that's a thing now. Uh, no, it's it, – it, I mean, I've dealt with shoulder issues before, my, and you don't know from day to day, and it's a different type of injury his is, but that's a million-dollar arm. He's I mean, been – $100 million arm. Yeah. He's been recovering since January. That's a long – You've got to be careful. That's a long recovery, and it's a reminder there are a lot of people here on different timelines. So Chuck Pagano needs to save his job. Yes. He's on one timeline. 
Andrew Luck is wanting to be careful with that shoulder, of course, long-term. So he's on one timeline. And then Chris Ballard, their general manager. What's your favorite type of frog? (laughs) Who, uh, you know, sometimes he's off the wall. Sometimes he's thinking long-term. He's got a really strange team with – there's no Vontae Davis early in the season. There's seven or eight or nine new defensive starters. This is a team planning for the future. So he's on a different timeline, and it it all spells trouble. Well, no one should be rushing him back. That's right. a terrible idea, whether you're Pagano or anyone. Right. Uh, another quarterback not rushing back is Teddy Bridgewater. Just quickly, uh, Mark, you wrote the story. He is going to the reserve PUP list. For clarity, Andrew Luck as we tape this, as a candidate for that list, he is fully expected to come off the reserve PUP list uh, by the time uh, this weekend is up. I think Saturday is the deadline. So even if he's not practicing, he's likely to be active so that he's eligible to play and practice at some point in the first six weeks. Teddy Bridgewater will not be eligible. Yeah, I think it's not surprising that the way they'd shift him onto that. I mean, certainly it would be shocking if suddenly he were active on this on the roster right. now. But then they've got, you know, at that point, they've got a period of, I think, five weeks to get him to practice after he comes off the PUP, and then from there, three weeks to activate him. And if he becomes active, that essentially sounds like it would be his la- contractually his last year in Minnesota, making things kind of tricky down the road. But in general, I, I think the, the overall story is incredibly positive because I think people would have questioned whether Bridgewater would ever throw a pass again. So whether that happens in Minnesota or somewhere else, he is obviously, because the few times he's met with, the, with, the, with reporters, has worked so tirelessly behind the scenes to get back to where he is. That this is the kind of thing we never see from athletes in general. So Teddy Bridgewater, counted out by many, could play this season. That would be quite a story. I think he would just be commended for ever really taking the field in a competitive NFL game again. I mean, that sounds like he's making real progress. Yeah, and when he does that, that, that in itself is enough for me. And there's contract questions with him that if he didn't practice at all this season – could his contract toll and then he's still a member of the Vikings on the same contract into next year. That's it. We're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit that because if he is able to play this year, I think they're going to let him practice. They're going to want to see him out there and see, see what he looks like. But it is a, it's a strange situation for Minnesota because you have this guy Bridgewater who was supposed to be the quarterback of the future and you have Sam Bradford. Both of their contracts are up after this season. So how Bradford plays could wind up really impacting Bridgewater's future. We learned a little bit more about Vontez Perfect's future this week. This happened after our last podcast. Feels like a while ago already. His suspension was reduced from five games to three games. Mark Sessler, your thoughts? Well, I mean, I, I guess it's – I'm confused on some level because it seems like the league, in, in, in exacting this initial punishment, must have said we're absolutely certain about our take on this. And we wouldn't have done this without – feeling 100% sure about that a five-week suspension is the correct answer here. And then in an appeal, it's, it's removed down to three. I Explain to me why there would be any variable here. I think he got punished for his reputation, personally. Um, so is the league acknowledging that, though? It's strange. Well, he got punished yeah. because he's been punished for these hits before. Yeah. They're saying that if anyone made this hit, they would have gotten a fine. But since it's Vontez perfect and he's been punished seven times, that's their rules that it's successively bigger punishment. Obviously, hitting your wallet so many times is not teaching you to adjust the way you He's been play. suspended twice for dirty hits. Right. It's strange, and it's an opportunity to mention here Ezekiel Elliott's looming suspension. But I was really hesitant to talk about it on this show because we're taping it Friday afternoon, and it's going to be stale, I think, by the time – we're back in this studio, if not by the time people listen to it. I expect we'll get a final word on his suspension, if not Friday, uh, as we tape this, which is very possible, then Tuesday, I think, when everyone is is back at work at, in the NFL League office. Because it's right now it's hanging over the Cowboys. And in theory, if there's no answer, he's playing week one, Sunday night football, yep. number one show of the week. Yep. I feel like that's an uncomfortable and unwanted thing for the NFL to be going through. It is, and if that suspension were reduced, I mean, the message is to players, the league can come down with these heavy-handed, surety-filled you know, punishments, but appeal them immediately because you can change their minds. It's almost a given now, anytime somebody's suspended, that it's an automatic appeal. I think Doug Martin was the last one who didn't automatically appeal. Mm. Yeah, and, but this is a... I feel like Zeke is a very 
it's a unique case because it's the domestic violence policy, which we really haven't right. seen things getting appealed too much or reduced. And we'll see what kind of precedent the NFL wants to show there. Uh, before we you know, depart uh, from the preseason forever, and <laughs> we talk about this every year, August is the worst month, I think, for our jobs. No one, want, no one wants to cry. Yeah, I'm not crying. But it's just it's a long month. So it's nice. It's a bit of a mishmash, and it's it's welcomed when September comes. Well, it's like four or five nights of games, which is sneaky. You're busy. We're you know Nick and I were here last night. Yep. You've spent more nights than than I have, Mark, here uh, doing these games. Uh, and the first, the final preseason night is usually a bit of a stinker. Not many players who are uh, going to be big factors are playing in those games. But you know who was playing? Your boy, Mark Sessler, Patrick Mahomes. And he did uh, light up the final night of the preseason, for me at least, that I at least got to watch something, some fun football, because he is about as fun as it gets. He had three big-time throws to Demarcus Robinson, who caught them all for 129 yards and a touchdown, including one where he was throwing on the dead run to his right, right before he got walloped. And it the ball traveled 50 yards in the air for a 46-yard completion right on his fingertips. And we started talking after that, how many people in the NFL can make that throw? Two. I would say Aaron Rodgers can make that throw. Maybe Rodgers. Maybe Cam Newton, but I don't. You don't really see him making that throw on the. He's got. He certainly got the arm. It's not in his it. normal bag of tricks. Well, we had to go. That was a crazy. Right, Michael Vick can make that throw. Yep. He would be going to his left versus going to his right. Mike. It reminded me a little bit of Michael Vick can make that throw. Yeah. Maybe not consistently, but occasionally. It wouldn't necessarily be entirely accurate. I think every time, but yeah. Brett Favre. Yeah. That maybe wouldn't be running as fast. Makes you think but, of Favre, but I mean, it's it's the kind of performance that had Greg and I bickering at each other. <laughs> Uh, early morning about who likes Mahomes more and who liked him first and all this. I honestly stick to the thing that I think Mahomes is going to be a tough person no matter what in terms of the fan base in the stadium if the Chiefs are down 20 nothing in one game in week seven and it's Alex Smith's to-do, that's the reason they're down, to keep fans satisfied that Mahomes with this incredible arm and an unfinished product otherwise is sitting on the bench with a helmet off. He's that he's too alluring. And I get that you, tape watchers will say, eh, his footwork, blah. I mean, I get it. He's an yeah, unfinished the next, product. The next throw after one of those long throws, he threw an interception that was overturned. The he had average another, fan could another, care less about that's My point is not that they're, that they're correct, but the average swayed stadium could care less. They want to see the backup no matter what. Tough Whether it's Brady Quinn or someone else, Mahomes is going to be tough to hold down. I'm glad you mentioned Brady Quinn because that's where I was going to go with this. Take the, really? the, the experience with the Browns and you every got too many Browns rookie fans. quarterback. Take it out because the Chiefs are in the most enviable position when it comes to quarterback, both short and long term. I don't see them struggling a whole lot to ever call for Mahomes. You might have some of your fans. We want to see Mahomes. We want to see the new thing, the new flavor. But, you know, Alex Smith is going to be, you know, pretty consistent. He's, you know what you're going to get from him. And for them, that's probably going to translate into a competitive season again, which wouldn't really result in any calls for Mahomes. I think if it stays on script, you're right. I mean, it's not that it's logical that Mahomes comes in and plays, but what if they're down 28 nothing against the Patriots and then they get out of the gate in a rough schedule, they go 1-2 and two or 1-3? and three. I promise you it won't take five months oh. for society to turn on Alex Smith. <laughs> you say yeah. that. Nick, but they're at the Patriots week one, then they're home for the Eagles. Let's just say they have a bad home opener and lose that Eagles game, you know, and then they're 0-2. Then you're at San Diego, you know, you're at Los Angeles, the Chargers. It's like, it it doesn't take long. At any point, if they're two games under 500, that's the point it happens. You know, they're at Houston early in the season, Pittsburgh, Oakland. You never know. And the point is not that we're saying Mahomes is ready to start because he clearly has some incredible tools, but he's not in other ways, prepared for this. But it's just that that is that logic isn't baked into people's reactions. We've got too many, too much like-minded fans well, in this room, though. We've got two Browns fans thinking Brady Quinn. Meanwhile, I'm asking who could make this throw, and Tamposi over there texts me in all caps. What, what did you say? Don't say Tom Brady. The GOAT. Ugh. Not today. You should say it. You should. The goat. He can do a million in things. your actual he voice. Can. Tom. Tom Brady. Tom, Tom, Brady. Br- Tom Brady can make that throw. No, There's he can, nothing. No. He, he could never make do. that throw. No. At no. That's my point. At he no can't. point in his career could he ever make that no. throw. Not many people do. ever could. Of course he could. 
Uh, I, I thought to illustrate <laughs> this relationship... She can pull the plug on the whole show, so we, we agree <laughs> with her. <laughs> All right, yeah. I thought the relationship between Smith and Mahomes was kind of interesting in what Mahomes said last night, saying that Alex is the perfect person for me to learn from. It's true. And how he was helping him you know, read coverages and working on his footwork and everything else. I'm curious to see how if the uh, near-doomsday scenario that you have set up, Mark, ends up happening... How does that affect that relationship? Does it sour? Does Alex cut him off? You know what? Well, I mean, Smith has been through this to such an incredible yeah. high pitched. Like in another example and, with Colin, Kaepernick. and I don't get the sense that that relationship was as close. Whereas this no. feels more like a mentor. And as long as Mahomes and Smith both have the right attitude, which it seems like they do, I think quarterbacks I think, get it. Yeah, and good quarterback rooms are able to kind of isolate from all that because it's the, the this is the dynamic with every backup quarterback oh, yeah. whenever a starter is struggling ones that are less set much less sexy on field than this so I just think this could be this is one to watch we've set it for months quickly before we move on one other preseason final thought I just mentioned Kaepernick was that the two teams that show the most interest in Kaepernick the Seahawks and the Ravens they both still have big quarterback needs. Trevon Boykin has not looked like a backup quarterback. I know it's. I know they don't have, they need a starting quarterback, but he's thrown four interceptions in the preseason. They need a quarterback, and and yeah. they they seem open to Kaepernick. So I'm not ruling that out still. I think people have forgotten. And then the Ravens, the ship has probably sailed, but it shouldn't have because Ryan Mallett was just awful throughout the preseason, and Joe Flacco still hasn't practiced. He's still not taken off the pup list. He will be soon, and. I guess he's playing week one. But Ryan Mallett, to me, the fact he was out there for a number of series, I'm not sure if he's going to be on their roster week one. That even if Flacco is starting, that maybe they cut Ryan Mallett and they pick up someone else's release or they make a low-level trade that they're searching for some way to get better because Mallett just was, was really poor in the preseason. I thought Seattle was the the perfect fit for a guy like Kaepernick because if you look at Trevon Boykin and compare him to Colin Kaepernick, they're really not that far off. And I if they wanted Kaepernick. to see more out of Boykin before making that decision, now they have, and it wasn't that. Yeah, good. I mean, in that situation, I'm taking Kaepernick over him. But it's crazy, of the, course. Uh, Mallet getting cut would be insane because then your next quarterback is Thad Lewis. Well, they well cut, they just cut that. They Lewis. cut Thad Lewis. My my thought would be they were, they would bring in a quarterback either that gets released or that we don't see coming, like. Who knows? They bring in Matt Castle from the Titans. You know, just okay. so, something uninspiring. Or they bring in Kaepernick. Because to me, Mallet has shown he's not a good option. Any other final preseason thoughts before we move on? One, if I had to take the over-under of eight on games that Nathan Peterman will start for the Bills this year, I'm taking the over. Okay. I, I know this is my beat, this whole, like, rookies will start. But yeah. I don't think the Bills, A, believe in Tyrod Taylor at this point. I think he's injury-prone. And they Fifth are their GM gushed over Peterman yesterday, and he's looked the part. Fifth-round pick. They did ask McDermott, their coach, about whether Peterman fits the offense better, and his answer was, Tyrod is our, our start. <laughs> so well, that's what, you ha- that's what you have to say as the coach right now. Right. I, no, I, I, I like Peterman. Uh, I wasn't exactly the biggest fan of him coming out of pit, even though he was good there. And I, he looked really good last night. I know I it's week know. four. Come but on. This, this offense is... It's They're a, in a lot of... There I, are a it could lot be out of complete wreckage that you have a rookie it's starting depressing too. that LaShawn McCoy, to me, yes. is stuck on that offense. And Tyrod Taylor yes. is a fun player to watch. One final thing was that John Brown got injured uh, in the Bengals game, barely played in the preseason. He's going to be out a couple weeks. Everyone was really excited to see Brown and Mixon, what they're going to do to this offense. And But this is what often happens is, oh, wait, like this guy hasn't played at the NFL level. He missed a lot of practices before training camp. He's been hurt throughout training camp. And they'll have Mixon, but they won't. It really sounds like John Brown's not going to be a factor for a while. Finally, we've got... A little bit of minor breaking news here. While we were up here, Chris Johnson released by the Arizona Cardinals. That's a bummer. There's going to be a lot of releases coming up. That's not a screaming headline. He did not look good in the preseason. It's not a surprise, despite the fact that Arians couldn't be more loyal to certain players that probably shouldn't be on the Yeah, I I just wanted to give a shout-out because that that might be the end of the run uh, for Chris Johnson. Certainly peaked early in his career, and maybe he'll get signed elsewhere. Uh, but a fun player to watch over the last, what has it been, nine seasons, I believe? CJ2K. I'll, I'll always remember his time in Tennessee. Returned from a gunshot wound. How many can claim that? I mean, he his first six years of his career, looking at it now, he went over 1,400 yards from scrimmage. 
that's that's pretty good. Like that's the start of a Hall of Fame type of career. It didn't continue, so he's not going to be a guy on Titans teams where they knew it was going to him and him alone half the time. Right. So that's it's he's not going to be a guy that's talked up for Can, but he is a guy to me that should be talked up as like a Titans Ring of Honor yeah, of type sure. of player. At is there a higher honor? <laughs> that should throw Matt Castle in the <laughs> Ring of Honor. Oh no! Come on. All right. That's I think too much. I think that's all we really need to talk about for the preseason. For 2017, so let's not delay it anymore. Let's uh, let's hear those bugles again. It's time for part two of the fantasy extravaganza. All right. So is this is this the first time in the studio? I believe uh, one of the key members of the fantasy live podcast, and really one of the the puppet masters pulling. You know the, the marionette strings behind the scenes. Sounds ominous. We welcome. It's very dark uh, to the studio, Alex Gellhar. Uh, I thank you, thank you. It's an honor to be here. I did uh, come in and pinch hit one time last. I know, year but weren't you, you were had... on the outside well, of the class? Now you're getting a promotion. Usually, they the fantasy live guys. You know, they they show you a little. Yeah, frankly, it's, a little disrespectful. They keep you outside of the, I was, the class. Now we're letting you in. I was at the desk one time. I think somebody was okay. stricken with a dire illness, and you had Laban, like, uh, Marcus, okay. me, others come pinch shook for shook as yeah. well. I have the memory of a goldfish. The uh, the time when I was behind the glass was when I came up to discuss the shot not yes. heard around the world that's at was, uh, WrestleMania. So. That's what I was. That's what I was thinking. A lot of controversy. An infamous uh, cornhole misdecision on my part. Whenever so. Gellar shows up, controversy is <laughs> sure to follow. So he's going to help us uh, with the fantasy extravaganza. And then, wow, we've got a a, a big fish in, in the room right now. I mean, where where the gold jacket? A where big is this? fish. None none other. I mean, he's the, the, the champion, the, the wrestling fan, the, the grand poobah of uh, the fantasy coverage here at NFL Network. I thought Michael you were going to say the grand poobah of, like, all dorks around the NFL. Welcome. Yeah, no, I've Matt. never been on this show. I don't think I've ever been. That was my guess. I thought I had, I had never I recalled you, you were, being on here. I thought you were about four years, like a really long time ago. Thanks Babs. for inviting me Babs. back. Oh, you're here. You're here. Yeah, took that's, you long enough. That's all that. Wow, I didn't know. <laughs> Jeez, uh, four years. Thanks, Sessler. Well, it's a great way to start. If I off had the any say in how the show was organized, you could point the finger at me. But I just sit here. I'm wheeled in, and I make a few comments, well, and I'm wheeled out. Well, maybe Fabian, Fabiano. You know, he doesn't know that, that the fa- the fantasy extravaganza is only once uh, a year, and uh, as Dan Hansis, our humble host, always says, uh, me and Chris Wesling, we helped bri- we helped build. Roto World. Yes, you did. Brick by brick. So we are usually the, you know, the fantasy kind of talk for these fantasy extravaganzas. And, you know, Mark's also here. Hey, listen, I'm, On only, the having, corner. I'm yeah. only having fun with you guys. It's always a pleasure when you invite me once every four years. <laughs> uh, so if you are a regular listener, you'll know that we did a part one of the fantasy extravaganza uh, last week uh, with uh, some great guests, Matt Matt Franchise, uh, Franciscovich, I don't know if I say that right, and Marcus Grant. And so if you're drafting, though, this weekend, this is when I'm drafting. I think this is the best weekend to draft or even do Only weekend to draft, isn't it? I agree. Uh, Or even if you want Tuesday or Wednesday next week, you know, get it close. If if you got the time, why not? Get all the information you can. There's cuts. There's trades. We're we're talking about it. Know as much as you can. I have four in – Two days next week. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. How many leagues are you in total? Only eight. You are violating Only one eight. of my core Only fantasy eight. corner rules. Is you that? never be in more than, I think it's two or three leagues I'm, one time. I, I kind of have to do this, this for, you know, my right. job. It's his, it, he's You're an outlier. <laughs> he's doing it for a living. Geller, how many I, I think you I'm in 11. Good heavens. Year. I have it's friends who many. work for SiriusXM who are literally in, like, over 20. That's, That's it's insane, Bob Harris. It's a preposterous. It's insane. Notion. Are these people engaged in like meaningful relationships with <laughs> other human beings? Not that I know of. <laughs> yes, within their fantasy leagues. <laughs> I, uh, I once I got out of the fantasy game professionally, that was one big relief off my shoulder that you could just play. You know, you could just kind of dabble in it for fun instead of you're in ten leagues. You're trying. Okay, these are the you know three what, or four leagues. I, I, I miss. I miss reading Greg Rosenthal's fantasy analysis. Man, I used to read your stuff all the time back when I was in. CBS, and you were at Roto World. 
It was. Uh, we've both been in the game uh, long time. for a long time. I, I started in 2003, and I do remember there was ta- there were whispers then, like, oh, maybe we're going to f- hire Fabiano here at Roto World, but then you went to CBS. It's all, It's been a long time. 18 but- years now for me. Wow. Hmm. I'm just old. That is that is a long time. I think this will be my 15th season on some level in football. So let, uh, without further ado, let's talk a little fantasy. What a trip down memory lane. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> really uh, helped a lot of backslapping going on in this room. <laughs> So what we're going to do, we're going to bring back uh, a game uh, that we like to call Who Do You Trust? And this was inspired by a visit uh, I had with Chris Wesseling earlier this week, uh, who's gearing up for the fantasy season and the regular season on his own. And he threw out a Who Do You Trust of his own, which is a little unrelated. He said, Who Do You Trust to be back in the lineup faster, Andrew Luck or Chris Wesseling? Oh, God. And this seems to me like an obvious choice. I don't want to put any pressure. I'm going on Chris Wesseling. I, I have more faith Chris yeah. in Chris Wesseling yeah. than I do Andrew Luck. Yeah, I don't want to put any pressure on Chris Wesseling. It's Wes. It's not even a question. He's been so tough throughout this whole ordeal, and the, the surgery was a lot. Uh, but he's starting to watch preseason. He had some real hot takes he's got on some takes coming out Mitchell on Twitter. Trubisky. It's on Twitter. Yeah. And uh, I don't trust anything that comes out of Chuck Pagano's mouth uh, about Andrew Luck. There, there was a, head, a headline literally in the Indianapolis Star this week that said Chuck Pagano is a liar. Uh, here, I think Chuck <laughs> Pagano is a liar. This was written by Greg Doyle. Shout out to another 60% G uh, out there. <laughs> uh, I don't trust what's going on there. I do trust Chris Wesseling. We've already seen Wes in this studio when he would say himself that he was not 100%. He's already played hurt a thousand times this offseason, so – it's easy to trust Wes in this scenario. Yep. So, yep. so we no hope question. we hope you're back, buddy. Uh, Love you, pal. Soon, uh, at you know during the regular season, he will be back certainly uh, early in the regular season. I, I expect. But let's move on to some fantasy. Let's take, do it. Takes in at quarterback. All right, who do you trust? And I'm going to look early in the draft. One of our favorites uh, on the around the NFL podcast, Derek Carr, who's a great guy. And yeah, yes. uh, a yep. great Twitter follow, yep. Derek Carr or Russell Wilson, both six-round picks. For me, it's easy. I'm going to go with Russell Wilson this year, who I trust more. He's done it more consistently. Their passing offense, they've increased their attempts in each of the last five years. They now have kind of hit their apex with everybody there. Jimmy Graham is fully healthy. They figured out how to use him last year. Doug Baldwin is one of the most underrated wide receivers in the league. They've got athletic speedsters and Paul Richardson and Tyler Lockett just ready to make plays all over the field. That backfield's a mess. Give me Wilson all day. Mm. So overall, it's Wilson that I would trust more, but I trust Carr more in that I don't have to draft him until the 10th, 11th, or 12th round, whereas really? Wilson, you're probably drafting in the 6th or 7th round, mm. so Carr is probably going to end up being the better value from a fantasy perspective. Derek Carr is good on camera, and despite all your good points, Alex, I'm, you with, I'm with you, Fabs. We're going Carr. I'm all in on the Raiders. This yeah, the, I mean, Carr's done it. The, I know Russell Wilson's done it, too, from a fantasy perspective, but Carr's got the same offensive line. I mean, the continuity is there. The receivers are there. The running backs who were there last year are back, and then you're adding Marshawn Lynch to that. In terms of trust, to me, Derek Carr seems a little safer. I like the, the fact that Russell Wilson went out, lost a lot of weight, looks healthy. Looks the body is almost reaching Nick Shook levels, although the proportions are different. I know, man. I feel like less of a man sitting next to this gentleman. Well, here. you should. And look at those biceps, dude. That's like my cat. Like, I mean, jeez, Louise. We got a lot of comments on Twitter. Uh, did you notice that Nick Shook? Because it was a video show on Wednesday that you were part of. We got a lot of comments uh, uh, that you were an Adonis. I did see the Adonis. Comments. He does feel a little, and you you mentioned this. It's a couple. Of, he feels a little objectified. So I think we need to pull. I'll, I'm speaking to myself. Uh, pull back on the body comments. Let's talk about Nick bit. the person. Not, I mean, haven't we objectified, uh, you know, women in this society for far too long? So shouldn't we Turn kind of, tables on you know, even it out Versus a little bit? Versus not objectifying anyone. You must constantly be objectifying yeah, yeah, I'm someone saying, in your world. Let's do the men so. for a while. Okay. <laughs> gotcha. All right. I'll bear that cross. All right. What's, what's All right. our next? Uh, who do we trust? Who do you trust? This has been a, a constant debate in this room. Uh, but I couldn't help but do it because they're getting drafted one pick apart, according to this average draft position. Oh, I know where we're going. Jameis Winston or Marcus Mariota? Yeah, man, I am all in on Mariota. Mariota's wow. a guy who I actually have mm. in the top five quarterbacks this season. I wow. think he's going to be this year's Matt Ryan. If you look at the numbers he put up between week five and week 12 last year, 
the best player in fantasy football. So he's got it in him, and he didn't have Eric Decker. He didn't have Corey Davis at that point. You still got DeMarco Murray in that backfield. So the Titans will still run it, and you're not going to be able to you know, stack the box against DeMarco, or Mariota will absolutely rip you apart. I like Jameis. Don't get me wrong. I think he turns the ball over too much. He's got great weapons. That doesn't weapons. matter in fantasy. Yes, it does. You lose barely, points for interceptions. Barely. If you were in a league with smart people like James Coe, who were going six, touchdown, uh, six points for touchdown, four for interception – on the bad side, yeah, interceptions count in fantasy That's football. That's not standard. Blake Bortles was objectively an awful quarterback last year. Still finished as a top 10 passer, though. So Yeah, but that's because fantasy scoring is flawed. It is flawed, <laughs> but that's what we're wow. talking about. Hey, guys, uh, you know, we're, we're here, guys. I, you know, I don't want to get into a big fantasy divide well, right now. No, 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 there's not. no divide here. For me, this is for me. This is incredibly close. I I think I have Mariota ranked slightly higher than Winston, but at this point, perhaps I trust Winston a little more. I think he's finally got the weapons there. They're gonna be they're in a competitive division that's gonna have a lot of high scoring games. You could see a situation where the Titans are just boat racing their division in several wow. of games and are are running the ball and you know coasting to victory. Whereas Winston is gonna have to match the firepower of the Saints, the Panthers, and the Falcons six times throughout the season. So that that could itself lead to more high-scoring games, more fantasy production. For the sake of argument, I'm going to go with Winston here. I, I should have seen this coming. I, I think Mark's picking up on uh, – I didn't understand the kind of rivalry that might be happening between Fabiano and Gelhard. There's definitely no, – there's, there's no, no rivalry, rivalry Fantasy expert no. heat. You're not – everyone else in the room is picking that up, right? I thrive off of any sort of uh, pot-stirring attempt yeah, by Dan, a host, Dan, whether it's Hansis or Greg not here, so, so I need so. to <laughs> – you're just stirring the pot a little bit, yeah. He's like the little finger of this podcast. Oh. <laughs> Trying to force siblings and oh, coworkers against uh, each James other. Winston's the right answer here, by the way. Oh, they it's, both it's have, not the right answer. They both have great schedules. That's a good That's a good point. So maybe they're both great values. That, but Winston is the one facing you know, the Saints and the Falcons. Panthers defense is better. But also getting to face those AFC South defenses out of division, which is nice, I believe. And... He's just going to be throwing more. I think he's going to be throw. I mean, it's a run first offense in Tennessee. It's not a run first offense. Shooky, yeah. solve the argument. You just sold. Uh, you, you yeah, you sold me on Winston because I was going to go Mariota because I'm a huge fan of the exotic Smash Mouth. But that's exactly why he's going to throw 45 times a game. Go don't you for think, Jameis Winston? Mariota can also give you a lot of points running with the football too. Jameis, not so much. Not since his rookie year. That's true. Uh, but you know what? Why not? Let's go with Jameis. <laughs> All right, I'm going to stay at quarterback at least now. Two more. Who do you trust? Cam Newton coming off a shoulder surgery, surprisingly getting taken still pretty high, relatively, considering he hasn't practiced at all or played at all in the preseason just about, or Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> Where are the games being played? Yeah. Is it home or road? On the road, I, uh, I, I want nothing to do with Roethlisberger. Craig, you, you have a weird look on your face. Have you not seen the splits? I don't buy into home road splits. Dude, are you, you kidding enough, me last year? He enough. averaged 13 points a game on the road and over 22 at home. He was awful against bad teams on the road. Last year, he gave you eight points against the Browns. I think that's just Cleveland. randomness, though. It is not randomness. You throw randomness. enough numbers against the wall, some it's years you'll have a absolutely not randomness. He's a great quarterback. He is. Over the last couple of seasons. I'm normally with you, Greg, but this one has some historical like veracity to it. Right, but even if you throw years. numbers against the wall, things will stick for a couple seasons. But I, it doesn't mean I think Ben Roethlisberger is like a bad player. No, he's he's a great he's a great player. I'm, I'm gonna go it. I'm gonna go with Cam Newton here too though because wow. Ben Roethlisberger, despite his pedigree, despite how good of a quarterback he is, the offense he operates in, he's only been a top twelve quarterback at the end of the year. I think once in the last like six years mm, when okay. you actually break down the That's numbers. Fair. Whereas Cam, aside from his injured years, has never and you know last year we counted as an injured one. Top four every other year. So it's so, like the, it's a real life versus fantasy type thing here. Yes. Where I would always want for me on field in real life, yeah, I would you take would Big Ben every season, every year. But this is not, not just fantasy. any Big Ben season. This is true. We've got everybody an offensive line that's great. We've got Martavis Bryant back. We've got Antonio Brown. We've got Bell in his peak. I mean, this should be as good a season as he's ever had. Could be, but uh, I still believe in that whole road uh, home split. Okay. Look at and it. I'm serious. Take a look at it. And if you look at careers, not gonna look. Cam Newton. <laughs> Cam Newton is so far and away better in fantasy football than Ben Roethlisberger. It's not even close. It's, right. run, it's the running cheat right. And you the guys, last thing, I don't want to. I don't want to endure those two to three weeks when Ben Roethlisberger gets nicked up and we think he may actually die. Like he may typically just comes during oh, a Ravens game. Come, come, Ravens game. That. He's you know he's got a he's he always does get injured, but he sells it so high, and I don't want to deal with that stress on my fantasy roster. I'll just take Newton. Ben Roethlisberger and his bronze oversized cleat for his massive swollen ankle. <laughs> We're going with him. All right. Just to be different. Babs, you convinced me on that one. Yeah. 
I'm brother. Look at it. Uh, this week and start uh, for next week and start him and sit him. I'm looking at Roethlisberger's numbers in Cleveland career-wise, and they are awful. Uh, he's averaged like 13 points a game. See, this career. Is where, this Cleveland, is where we're different. Which is Terrible. funny because he's about 19 and two against the Browns. This is where we're different. <laughs> Don't care about wins and losses. Well, I mean, in I do football. in real life. That's so, where I divide on this. This is where we're. I'm actually saying a good thing about the Browns, and you're upset about it. Well, because their the, defense uh, the, has the held Roethlisberger res- down. The, the result, because in real life. What fantasy results are attached to Big Ben mean nothing to me to the fact that Cleveland is oh, the one win they have in like the last decade came in like negative twenty degree temperatures with Josh Cribbs <laughs> running the Wildcat. That Josh actual Cribbs. functional, non-functional Browns offices are like two and nineteen against Big Ben. So Here's a fantasy there is ha- no comfort. Fantasy hot take: these historical numbers doesn't matter. This is all that matters is right now. Dude, this, I'm serious because this Browns team, they don't have anything to do with any other Browns team. This Steelers team, for the most part, don't really have much to do. Well, for I, all I, I, would, I would care. Is I agree now. with that. I agree now, that baby. you have to look at what's happening right now from fantasy, not what happened in 2011. Right. But there are weird there. trends out there that are hard to ignore when they're like, you know, 10 seasons deep. Like Chris Sale for the Red Sox, your beloved Red Sox. He's awesome against everybody. The Cleveland Indians kill him. And this has been his entire career. Right, but it's just get... a trend that you can take a look at and think, <laughs> there you go. wow, that's in. really interesting. It's interesting. Uh, and by, by and large, I'm, I'm with you on these, Greg, but the Roethlisberger one, that one, I it just puzzles me. Running back, who do you trust more, LaShawn McCoy or DeMarco Murray? <sighs> DeMarco Murray. Mm. Uh, wow. do, I, do I have to rationalize? Uh, no, you don't. There's not a lot around. Uh, Lash- I, I know LaShawn McCoy. I know his history. Both potential you know? first-round picks in fantasy. Maybe Murray's oh going in the God. second. Maybe yep. McCoy. I, I think I'd go McCoy by a little bit here. Uh, the the situation is getting dire, more and more dire by the minute in Buffalo for that offense. But I'll take Shady right now. DeMarco's already had a hamstring. That worries me. He's got a that monst- monster known as Derrick Henry behind him ready to take over the load if he gets nicked up. I'll go McCoy. I feel like McCoy could wind up on a different team by week six or so, and mm-hmm. that could change his whole fantasy world. Thanks. Yeah, I'm going McCoy as well. Wow. You, you can't ignore last year, uh, and this has been one of the better running backs in fantasy football uh, during his career between Philadelphia and Buffalo. Hey, DeMarco's been great too. Don't get me wrong. I, I wouldn't mind having either one of these guys on my roster, but if I had to pick one, it would be Shady. It's close. But it's I'm not going by much. But I don't shady. trust really either of these guys this year. And you know, for their draft, oh yeah, value, I agree. I for their agree. draft value, and McCoy is a guy you guys like to do those do not do not draft lists. You kind of come up with some guys to stay away from. McCoy, forget about it. I would yeah. don't. I would not take him in any league. If he I know, falls he's to you in great, the second round, do you no, take him? I, I still don't want him. Okay. I, like I know he had a great season last year, and he's a great player. Sometimes you just got to say this is a mess. It's gonna be a mess. Yeah. He looks like a potential huge bust. There's at least like a a 35% chance he is just a massive bust. So I just say, let's... Do you feel the same way about Jordan Howard? Yes. No. Because all, all of the same red flags are there, if yeah, not more. His offensive line is more in disrepair. He's got old, beat-up guys in the interior. He's got Mike Glennon or Mitchell Trubisky throwing to I don't know Kendall if he's got old, beat-up guys. Victor Kyle Cruz Long's a good Kevin, player. He's Kevin, not Kyle old. Long is good, but I mean... And he's got uh, Josh Sitton. Sitton. Sitton has had back issues for like five straight years. He missed games last year. They were pretty good last year. But yeah, Chicago's, de- Chicago's defense might be able to stay in Howard games would not be a guy still around. Howard would not be a guy if I was in multiple leagues. I think I would ever draft probably no. either, just because it costs so much to. Yeah, you're right. He wouldn't. He's in that mix for me. All of those guys. Well, not Demarco. He's actually in a good offense, but those running backs in bad offenses, just the red flags start popping up. Scoring potential, game script, like, and if they're not get, catching passes, that really deflates mm-hmm. their value. Yep. So a lot of hot takes so far, and we're going to get to more hot takes as we continue. Who do you trust? Uh, but I've got a treat for everyone in the room right now, especially <laughs> Michael Fabiano, Uh-oh. because you have never been in this room when we take a trip, and it can get a little dangerous <laughs> over to the fantasy corner. This isn't this isn't just any corner. This is kind of going to the rough and tumble, you know, part of the... Are you guys putting a dunce cap on? No, no, no. no, no. no. It's, it's, like, it's, it's Sessler, and it's not safe. I mean, the takes here are dangerous. They're antagonistic sometimes. Uh, okay. <laughs> you might not get out the same that you walked into the fantasy corner, but it's time to go over there. Actually, like last week, because it is a very dangerous scenario here, a lot of heat on the street. If we could just sneak behind this door and get inside... To read, uh, just we're, a quick. We're note. hiding in an abandoned <laughs> building. Yes. There's just nails and Greg and I in here. Around. Greg, thank you for joining me in here. Uh, a PSA basically is what this is. What is fantasy football's long game? 
As the rotisserie parlor sport continues to morph into a vast money-making sensation, what is the fate of this burgeoning industry in a changing world? Whoa. I see three potential outcomes for fantasy football. Scenario number one, it balloons unabated as the decades roll on and pro football continues its unquestioned top spot as the nation's favorite pastime, leaving baseball, basketball, and something called hockey deep in the distance for the next 200 years. American life grows more and more luxury-laden as we bathe for the rest of our days in a vicarious wonderland. Scenario number two, even better. Fantasy football becomes such a critical cash cow for pro football that by 2025, the league takes swift action to further interweave the fan experience into games on a core level. Instead of Kyle Shanahan calling plays, game flow is dictated by a pool of 300,000 lottery-winning fantasy players who vote online in between snaps on how players should be utilized. In haste, fantasy football grows bigger than pro football itself. As a result, beat writers, reporters, and so-called insiders are wiped off the grid in favor of hulking fantasy analyst think tanks who cover the hobby with a nationalistic zeal typically reserved for political uprising. <laughs> Scenario number three. While doing its best to completely ignore the swiftly growing culture war in our country, pro football and by attachment fantasy football continues to market itself as the ideal mental release from life's stresses. This plan works beautifully until October 30th, 2019, when a portal opens up over Asia's Golden Triangle region. Hundreds of miles wide, the staggering celestial opening beams red-white light down on the Earth. NFL.com does its best to ignore this staggering Earth event, publishing breathless stories about Patrick Mahomes throwing five touchdowns in a Week 8 game attended by 116 fans. The site wonders why an article, 10 Fantasy Sleepers Who Can't Be Ignored, receives 19 clicks from a terrified human race wondering about the hole in the sky over deep Asia. The answer finally comes seven days later when 10,000 beings of light descend from the sky opening. Hovering over wow. Earth and speaking telepathically to all living creatures, the beings announce in unison, the computer simulation is over. <laughs> Time to leave the fantasy corner and go back to our regularly scheduled program. Wow. Those were all extremely plausible, I think. I mean, there was a lot of laughter there, um, but I was chilled. That I'm was. I'm in shock right here. That was... Oh. That was one of the toughest uh, trips to the corner because I think it opened up a, a window into a lot of our souls. It's going to make a, it's give us a lot of all a lot to ponder for the future. As I well. mean, Fabiano was definitely a little worried. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it was a little scared. Also, I, I for was your a first little scared trip to the corner. That's I know. A, that's a big one. Yeah, two that, of those three scary. options are promising for. I feel. I, I yes. feel like scenario two, uh, in which Fabiano is leading one of those cabals, uh, deciding what <laughs> happens on the field. That feels to me like the most realistic, Feels realistic. possibility. <laughs> Maybe not every team is like that, but Fabian, like Fabiano and and other different fantasy decision makers are running like a, a division's worth. Like, you know, like one team is run by the field. I can see that. I love it. A I, low level. Th there would never you, be backfield committees again. We'd go back to the days of featured backs. It would be tremendous. Amari Cooper and Julio Jones would get targeted near the goal line. Yes. Wonderful. Yep. Rob Gronkowski, you know, we inject him with some adamantium. and You two are, you two are drunk with healthy. power, and it's concerning. <laughs> scenario one. Yeah, they viewed this as all a good thing, that two of the three scenarios were, were pretty yes. great. Wow, it's almost hard to move on from that, but we're going to. We're going to uh, keep going back to a little who do you trust. And uh, I do have a little breaking news before we get out of here in oh just, my. just a few minutes. Uh, but before we do that, let's throw out – let's try to be quick since we are, are running out of time, but i got a few more to get to. Let's, let's go, who do you trust at running back? Kareem Hunt or Ty Montgomery or Joe Mixon. Ooh. Uh, well, I'm going with Kareem Hunt here. Uh, wow. I've got all of these guys really kind of bunched together yeah. in my rankings. That's why, that's why I picked them. You know? Mixon's probably more talented than all three, but you've got Jeremy Hill and Gio Bernard there still. At some point, I do believe he's going to end up being the guy uh, sooner than later, but Kareem Hunt is in an offense where we know he's going to be the featured back. At least we all suspect he will be with Spencer Ware out for the year. If you look at Andy Reid's pedigree when it comes to fantasy running backs, you go back to Brian Westbrook and Deuce Staley uh, and Shady and Charles. He's had a lot of running backs put up 
good numbers. Heck, even Corel Buckhalter, you remember him? He had a couple of decent fantasy seasons as well. So I would go with Hunt because I know he's going to get the volume. I know the offense is conducive to running backs finding success. And I know this kid is versatile. Hopefully he doesn't get blown up in pass protection too much because that could be a problem. Otherwise... I do think he has all the skills to be a very solid RB2. Fabiano with the Buckhalter call. Wow. Go, Gallagher. I'm with you on the Mixon thing. While he is extremely talented, talent doesn't always win out in fantasy. It's opportunity. Mm. And while Kareem Hunt has a lot, I'm going to be a bit of a homer here and also I knew chase the coming. upside of Ty Montgomery, a guy <laughs> who is a converted wide receiver now playing running back, but he's big, he's strong, he's fast, he can run between the tackles. Jamal Williams, this rookie that got fantasy Twitter all ablaze when he was drafted by the Packers. You know what his longest run in the preseason was? Six yards. Get that out of here. I want Ty Montgomery in there. <laughs> Breaking tackles per next-gen stats. He had one of the highest yards after a defender was within one yard of him, created on his own over 5.5 per carry. Wow. He caught about 77% of his passes last year out of the backfield, so it wasn't like he got all those as a wide receiver. His ceiling is outrageous and one of the highest-scoring offenses in the league. Back when Eddie Lacy's heyday, he finished the RB6 in back-to-back years. That is well within Ty Montgomery's range of outcomes. Give me the running back in the high-scoring offense who can catch a million passes all day, every day. I got a chance to break down a lot of Ty Montgomery film last year, and I loved what I saw, and I love him for all the reasons that you just pretty much pointed out. I don't really have much else to expand, expand upon good. that. He's he's good, and, and he's he's got an ability to create some extra yards. Which I don't know if that's necessarily as important in what we're talking about right now, but just looking at him as a running back who's multi-talented, I like the guy. I, tr- I trust in talent. I I think that's more important in general. Ty, I'm leaning. I was leaning Ty, but I, I would still go Joe Mixon. I think fantasy gets too caught up with what's the situation going into Week One. Just who's the best player? If you make those decisions oh. a lot, then you. I think over time you get rewarded. So I, all three are close. I kind of like all three, but mm-hmm. I'd go Joe Mixon. Yeah, it's close. I mean, Montgomery, he he had a huge percentage of his fantasy points last year in that one game against the Chicago Bears and the Packers have a lot of offensive weapons I like Montgomery uh, but I just feel like Hunt is going to be a guy who's going to see more touches. Mark Sessa I believe you have a who do you trust to throw out there. I do All right. imagine this scenario you are a single guy and utterly terrible with women not too hard for some of us in this room or all of us except for Nick Shook to imagine (laughs) others maybe too I don't know. Uh, You're working a dead end job in an office in some anonymous city by the sea over the past four months, you've developed a killer crush on Juliet Kazmar, the low-level account relations analyst who sits 14 feet away in a cubicle and who once told you that she loves gaming, especially World of Warcraft. In an effort to win her over, you need one NFL.com fantasy analyst to swoop in and organize Ooh. the perfect first date. Do you trust Marcus Grant, by my account, a smooth fellow, or anyone else attached to the fantasy team? Who nails this assignment? Who do you trust? Whoa. I trust Marcus Grant. <laughs> I love it. Interesting. Marcus, Marcus Grant also, as a smooth you fellow. You can pick yourself, has, by the way. He has, he has deep nerd. Well, I'll just go with Marcus Grant. I'm already on this train. He has deep nerd cred. He's a creative guy, has many, many interests. I think you'd be able to concoct I, a very I, good Long-time listeners of the show, I, you know, I love you, Marcus, but long-time listeners of the show will know I always take the field. So I don't know. I don't even know who it is, but I'm taking the field. I mean, well, you have, you to, you have to pick someone. You have to pick, no. yeah, it yeah, you have to pick someone, have to pick someone yeah. within the Taking the, the rest of the group. Someone's going to step up. I'm taking myself. Okay. Right. Why would I not take myself? Yeah, that fair. that right there is a move that, that speaks to – Come on, man. Have you guys seen my girlfriend? That's a good mm, – yeah. that's a fair point. The, the best that's all I'm saying. I'm done. The Mic be- drop. You've done the work already, you said. Yes. The best players believe in themselves. Marcus is a social chameleon. I've, I've seen him in multiple social scenarios, and he's point. thrived in all of them. I'm taking him every time. All right. Uh, let's do a speed round before a little breaking news. I was shocked that Danny Woodhead is getting drafted so high. Who do you trust, Danny Woodhead, Eddie Lacy, or Thomas Rawls? Danny Woodhead. Uh, oh, my. Is the, anybody in Seattle I don't trust uh, in the running back spot? No way. Wrong. Woodhead. It's Thomas ba- Rawls. Baltimore has targeted running backs <laughs> the second most out of any team the past two years. Why would you not want a great guy who can catch passes and do work in the red zone? A uh, 34-year-old who literally didn't play football. He's not 34. The knee, knee was blown He's only out 32. last year on a terrible offense, and you haven't seen him play football in a long, long time. The last time I saw him play football, he was damn good. That bad offense is going to have to throw the ball a lot to Danny Woodhead. Yep. How could you, Eddie Lacy has been awful for two years? I'm gonna go. Yeah, I mean, come I, on. I would go uh, Thomas Ross. Wow. Uh, in in a backfield with four guys who could potentially see he work. He turns 33 in uh, in January, and he's from North Platte, Nebraska. 
Who, who, He's Midwestern who strong. Cares? What more could hey, you want? All right, the Midwest. Who do you trust? T.Y. Hilton or Keenan Allen? Keenan Allen. Woo-hoo. Is Andrew Luck playing? One of those two. <laughs> if Andrew Luck's there, T.Y. Hilton. Otherwise, uh, this I'm weekend, going Allen. Who are you taking this weekend? I don't like T.Y. this weekend at all. Okay. Yeah. Des, Des Bryant or Michael Thomas or Amari Cooper? Ooh. Uh, I have Michael Thomas ranked ahead of Des by one spot. And as a Cowboys homer, it pains me to say that, but it's Michael Thomas. i got to go with Michael Thomas, too. Again, wrong answer. It's Des Bryant. <laughs> Finally, Martavis Bryant. <laughs> Martavis Bryant or Kelvin Benjamin. Our last one. Not even close. It's Martavis Bryant. Really? By okay. a mile. We're talking about trust. Benjamin had a nice preseason. Jimmy, Jimmy Bryant's Benjamin. been pretty quiet in, in practice in preseason. Benjamin, Benjamin even last year had like seven touchdowns and 1,000 yards coming off a torn ACL. I'll take that. He's fully back. Yeah, now. but he did everything in the first three weeks of the year, and then he was garbage. Mm. So what? So. When's the last time we saw Martavis Bryant on the field? All right. When we did, he was damn good, too. 15 touchdowns yeah. in 22 games. I read a well-done SI feature on uh, Martavis Bryant that convinces me I'm sold he'll be on the field all year this year. Okay. And uh, that's it for the fantasy uh, extravaganza. Wow, I know. Wow. There's some heat, some danger in there. There's a lot of danger. I enjoyed it. Uh, The potential either end or explosion of the entire fantasy industry, so that was exciting. Mm. I'm going to have nightmares about that simulation coming to an end. That would have been breaking news, and I think we have some of our own. Yeah, we do have uh, some big breaking news before we leave. How about this? The Seattle Seahawks have made the best defense in football even better, acquiring Sheldon Richardson from the Jets in exchange for Jermaine Curse, Jermaine Curse, and a conditional second-round pick. That is from our NFL Network insiders Ian Rappaport and Mike Garofolo. Wow, the Seahawks pick up Richardson, and it cost a lot, giving up a conditional second. Dan Hansis, our host pointed out this possibility just last show. Well, and he was actually correct on the potential, you know, draft pick reward going the other way, which I think is a great prediction by him. And he's in a contract year. So if you're Seattle, you know, this is not a team that's in a, you know, one-year Super Bowl window. You want to try to find a way to keep him on your roster for a long term. Well, they needed to get that line. They've really had a trouble actually getting the interior of their line settled. They've always had kind of just guys, and that's fine. They Since s- the Super Bowl, they, they spent, had Brandon yeah. Meebane and, uh, and whoever else I'm forgetting. And then well, they, they have s- Ruben as well. It looks like they're trying to trade to get in, in reverse here. They spend their money on the outside, but wow, I, I said it earlier. I think this is the best defense in the league when you have Bennett, Averill, Thomas, Sherman, uh, Wagner, Wagner, KJ Wright, Wright all together that they played together. And now you add Richardson, who can be a younger guy added to that mix. It reminds you of the Percy Harvin trade, which had mixed results at best for the Seahawks. But I like the chance they're taking, especially because Richardson looked great in the preseason. Um, This is kind of a a nerdy uh, view of this, but I'm curious to see what the terms of the draft pick are, what makes it, you know, conditional terms of whether it's a second. Well, it sounds like it'll be a second or a third. So either way, they're getting an okay. Well, because it's got to be based on Richardson's performance, most likely. So I just want to know what the benchmarks are for that. Well, and what's the Percy Harvin, in terms of the daring do attached to it, yes. But Percy Harvin created issues right away for Seattle in terms of how to Mm -hmm. fit him in, and it kind of split up that locker room. This is not someone that you need to figure out how to plug into your defense. No. I mean, the motivation has certainly been, a, I think, a, an issue with Richardson, but he's in a contract year. And the difference is this isn't an offensive team. This is a defensive team. You get Pete Carroll, some guys who hadn't done quite as much in other places like Michael Bennett, like Cliff Averill, who knows how to coach up talent. I mean, he is along with Belichick, but maybe even more so, the premier defensive coach in the NFL. And you give him Sheldon Richardson. This was my Super Bowl pick before this trade. It's double my Super Bowl pick now. Double it down. (laughs) If you're not motivated to play football as a defender in Seattle, there's no reason you should be playing at all. How about the NFL starting to come through with some big-time trades? The mm. trades have been fun. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. About time. Where were these for all those years? It's a sa- it's a salary cap thing, I really believe. They, there's more flexibility because the salary cap is so high. You can do something like take on $8 million of Sheldon Richardson. And uh, Jermaine Curse. is there even – there's no fantasy impact. You're not joking. I, I mean, well, geez – <laughs> Robbie Anderson, you've got uh, a Chad Hanson. I mean, there's I'm, I'm there's with, not a whole lot to I'm like with Matt in New Harmon York. On team hashtag Never Jets yeah. in fantasy this year. I'll take Bilal Powell. I would take Billy Powell. Yeah, but that's about it. Wow. All right, some breaking news as we and what a fun day this was. 
uh, on the program. Getting Fabiano in the studio. I know, man. I can't wait to make another appearance in what, oh. 2021? You, know, you, know, you don't have to be year. salty. You are a leap year. No, yeah, I'm, by I'm, then, I'm more than that. They may not have fantasy. Yeah, by then, according 2019 to Mark's, was when. No, Mark's scenarios, you'll be running your own franchise, so you can fire us all for the lack of respect we apparently showed you. That the show will have simulation. I would never do yeah. such a thing. All right. Uh, <laughs> that is the gulag. Let's get out of Unless here. Unless you make me wait another four let's years. Let's get out of here. For the Sizzler, for uh, Nick Shook and all those muscles, for Michael Fabiano, Alex Gelhar, Erica Tamposi behind the glass. Kansas will be back Tuesday is our next show. We'll see ya. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.